Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see everywhere. I am covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com. You follow me on Twitter. You see I've been covering the SEC College Baseball Tournament this weekend as well. That's been a lot of fun watching some of the top prospects in the college game. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube as well. It does help out the show a ton. And as always, thank you for making Lockdown Braves your first listen each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. On today's Friday episode, we're going to break down a Thursday's loss to the Philadelphia Phillies, and then we're going to jump into a lot of your Twitter questions. Got some on the outfield situation, Spencer Strider's role, and then we'll preview the upcoming series against the Marlins over the weekend. But let's start with Thursday's 4-1 to loss to the Philadelphia Phillies. Braves had an opportunity to win. This four-game series got a good start from Kyle Wright, which we'll talk about more here in a minute. But the biggest story, obviously, no Ronald Acuna again in this game. Brian Snicker also already said that he will not play on Friday either. Marcelo Zuna was a late scratch from Thursday's game. It looks like he will be in the lineup on Friday. So right there, you're you're without your leadoff hitter and who has now become your number three hitter who is on a 12-game hit streak. That's tough to overcome, especially when you're going up against a pitcher like Aaron Nola who unfortunately had his good stuff going on Thursday night. And so you can understand maybe while the Braves offense was down a little bit after three straight games of double-digit hits, just weren't able to get that done on Thursday, and they do drop the game 4-1. to one. They had some chances early on in this game. In the second inning, they had two on with one out. Adam Duvall hit a ball really hard, but unfortunately right to a defender, and that found the glove. And that pretty much ended that threat. Then you had two on with two outs in the third inning, and Matt Olson struck out. He did have some good moments in this game. That was not one of his finest. But outside of that, the Braves offense really didn't put up much of a fight in this game. Again, once Aaron Nola settled in after some of those early chances, it was pretty much lights out the rest of the way. The Braves offense could not get anything going against him. And look, good pitching will almost always beat good hitting and when Aaron Nola is on he can still be one of the better pitchers in baseball that knuckle curve was working for him on Thursday Braves hitters were just flailing at that pitch weren't able to make the adjustments throughout the game and Aaron Nola almost went the distance the Braves were able to chase him out in the ninth inning and scratch across a run on a wild pitch uh, to avoid the shutout there some positives for the offense in this game Dansby, Austin Riley, William Contreras all had hits, extending their hit streaks. Good to see them to continue their hot ways that they've had lately. And then Matt Olson. I mentioned the strikeout there in the third inning where he had some runners on, chance to do some damage, but he did end up having two doubles in this game, and it's the one in the ninth inning that I want to talk about because 
This to me was a very encouraging sign. It was a 93 mile per hour fastball located well on the black inside corner. And he was able to pull his hands inside of that baseball and drive it out to right field off the right field wall with an exit velocity of 102 miles per hour. Those pitches have been beating him up and in, and he's able to turn on that ball, get his hands inside, and drive it with authority. That is a good sign. Again, two doubles in this game. You know, you hope that some of these hits start coming with, with men on. Uh, has not been the case here lately, but certainly, you know, a promising signs for Matt Olson there with the two doubles. Speaking of promising signs, Kyle Wright was really good in this game. He had some trouble in the third inning, gave up that home run on a really good swing by JT Real Muto. And he did a good job getting out of that third inning. He had bases loaded, nobody else with Bryce Harper coming up and was able to get a strikeout, get a double play, get out of that inning. So he got out of that jam and was really good pretty much everywhere else in that game. Until you got to the seventh inning, and even in the seventh inning, he got two quick outs, and you thought, okay, he'll get through this frame. Hopefully the Braves can scratch across the run against Nola, get back in it. Then he walked Kyle Schwarber on four pitches, and then he grazed JT Real Muto with a pitch, setting up two on with two outs. And he's at 92 pitches. Most he's thrown this year is 97 Look, hindsight being what it is, I wish he would have left Kyle Wright in the game. I think Kyle Wright has shown enough this season that he has earned that opportunity to stay in the game and get out of that jam. You know, you just saw with Max Fried the other day where he's in a similar situation, even more so with bases loaded, and Brian Snicker lets him ride it out. But he didn't let that happen here with Kyle Wright. You bring in Will Smith and... I understand the logic. It's a lefty-lefty matchup against Odubel Herrera. You don't want to use A.J. Minter there because what if the Braves don't come back and then you've wasted A.J. Minter when you got a, a long stretch of games coming up. Tyler Matzik would have been the perfect choice there had he been available and healthy. He's not. Brian Snicker goes to Will Smith, and my biggest problem here is that you look at the matchups and Odubel Herrera has crushed Will Smith in his career five for eight coming in six for nine going out he had a big two rbi hit there that put the game away put it on ice and uh, look obviously i know a lot of you didn't love the move now obviously in hindsight you hate the move i would have liked to seen kyle wright get an opportunity to finish off that inning but he didn't you went to will smith will smith gave up the hit those two runs score and again that was pretty much the game right there so you know, that is the controversial topic coming out of this. Will Smith has not been good lately and, again, gives up those two inherited runners. And the very unfortunate part of that is it makes Kyle Wright's final line look like it wasn't a great game for him when, in reality, it was a very good start for him. Six and two-thirds, just those three earned runs. So hate that for Kyle Wright. Hate that for the Braves. You never know what would have played out differently uh, if Will Smith gets that out or if you put leave Kyle Wright out there to try to get out of that jam, I'm sure. Brian Snicker is second-guessing himself today, but today is a new day, and hopefully the Braves will get back to a winning ways. We'll preview that matchup in the last segment. But next, I want to get to your Twitter questions, including some questions about what to do with the outfield and what is the role for Spencer Strider going forward. We'll talk about that next. I love brownies, but you know what I love more? It's a brownie batter. Sometimes I eat half the batter just while I'm making the brownies. Imagine if you could lick that brownie spatula clean and get some protein in. 
Well, you're in luck because Built has created a new creation, and it is one that is better than ever. The Brownie Batter Puff. That's right. The Brownie Batter Puff. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level, and they're available right now on Built.com. If you haven't tried puffs yet, I'm not sure why you haven't. Puffs are chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bars, deliciously flavored marshmallows covered in 100% real chocolate, just like all Built Bars are. 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of sugar for the, on the brownie batter puffs. They are the perfect pick-me-up for any day. And they are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. The brownie batter puffs will have you completely forgetting that you are eating a protein bar. No need to pinch yourself. This is for real. Go to Built.com to get the brownie batter puffs now. Go to Built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, generally I do um, a mailbag on off days, but with how poorly the game was on Thursday and just not a ton to talk about there, decided to do a little Q&A session on Friday's podcast. So got a couple of questions submitted from you that I wanted to go over on the podcast today. First one comes from Chris Shaffey, 84, says, Can the Braves maintain without having another solid outfield option until the All-Star break? My initial reaction to this was yes, I think they can survive, but the more I think about it, I don't I don't know that they can. And you look at your outfield out options right now, you know, and it's Duval and who else? Because you the health of Acuña obviously plays a big role into this. If Acuña is healthy and you can run him out there in the outfield every day, then you feel a lot better about your outfield options, but I don't know that the Braves can count on that right now with these continued nagging injuries that he's having as a result of coming back from a very significant injury and I think that's just going to continue to be the case you're going to continue to have these things pop up you're going to have to continually use him in that DH spot where you would rather put Marcelo Zuna and so that leaves the outfield in a very vulnerable state because yeah Adam Duvall Travis Demerit, Marcelo Zuna you know we tried Orlando RC out there Guillermo Heredia William Contreras, we tried out there. Uh, the options just aren't great, and particularly when Adam Duvall is not hitting at all. And I talked about this with Grant McCauley yesterday after the postcast. Is if it weren't for Duvall's defense, he probably gets, sits at least sits for a little while to try to reset things. But who are you going to replace him with? And this has been, you know, the thing that I've been saying for fans that are, you know, wanting these players to to get removed, to, to cut them, release them, whatever. Who are you replacing them with? Unless you're going outside of the organization, the options just aren't great right now for Brian Snitker, and you're going to have to hope that these guys turn things around. But Acuna not being healthy and not being able to play in the field every day really kind of hurting the outfield situation. Duvall, while he's been great defensively in center, who knows what kind of effect that's having on him at the plate. I know on Thursday, Snicker decided to go with Heredia in center field, moving Duvall to a corner spot where you know he really should be playing. Maybe that helps settle him down at the plate a little bit more. I, you know, it's it's hard to tell. I, I don't know. He's been honestly just so bad this year. But so is Heredia striking out nearly sixty percent of the time. Travis Demerit was good for a while, and now he's over his last thirty-three at the plate. Arcia and Contreras did not look great out there defensively. 
Ozuna, we know, is not great out there defensively, but those three guys are at least hitting. Uh, it's a it's a tough situation right now. So I don't know if the Braves can survive without going out and finding an external option for the outfield to kind of hold things over right now. And it's just it's hard to make those kind of moves to get an impact bat at this point in the season. I mean, at the earliest, you probably see something happen in June. So uh, there's just uh, there's not a lot that the Braves can do right now, and they have to hope that these guys can hold it together until the all-star break or until the trade deadline and, and keep them afloat out there. But the, the options just aren't great at the moment. And that kind of leads to our next question. This one from L one D he says, when drew waters is healthy, is there a reason we don't bring him up? And to answer your question, no, if, if he gets healthy and he has been hitting the ball great at Gwinnett this year, when healthy, I don't see a reason why you don't, call him up and at least give him a chance I mean I certainly don't want to push him in his development he's still really young feels like he's been around for a while but again with how bad Adam Duvall has been maybe you call up Waters put him in center field move Duvall back to a corner spot where you know he's more comfortable maybe that helps get him going you know maybe Acuna can stay healthy and be in the outfield on a more consistent basis and then you're looking at a pretty good defensive outfield you know, that's just a lot of pressure on Drew Waters to come up and kind of save, I don't want to say save the team, but, you know, kind of be fill, fill a spot on the team that's really lacking right now. I mean, we just talked about the outfield options, none of them great. And then to put that pressure on Drew Waters to come up and have to perform right away to kind of help solidify a spot and fix a, a huge need for the Braves. I mean, that's a lot of pressure on him, on a kid that's struggled, you know, the past couple of, of years, particularly last year at AAA. So, uh, again, I, I hate to do that to him, but I don't see how the Braves can't. If you give him another month or so at, at Gwinnett and he proves healthy and, again, he continues to hit, he's got an average over 300, an OPS over 800, then I don't know how you don't bring him up and at least give him a chance, see if he can be that spark in the lineup. Look, he's going to strike out a lot. That's part of his game. But if he can consistently make good contact, as he appears to be doing this year, I think you got to see what he can do and see if he can be an answer in that outfield. So, yeah, I don't think it's an immediate fix because I do think he needs to prove that he's healthy. He's still kind of battling that hamstring injury. But once he does prove he's healthy, I think you got to give him a shot in the outfield with all the other options I just mentioned that aren't great right now. Next question comes from VT Murdoch says, can you list the priorities or needs at this point in the season? There's too many definitive outs. We've kind of already discussed this as well. I think the definitive need is center field. And I talked about that coming into the season. It's the one area that I thought was left on the table in the off season that the Braves didn't find a legitimate center fielder to move Adam Duvall to a corner spot. Even if it was just a defensive first outfielder. You know, it's why I was okay with Christian Pache being the center fielder coming into the season. Obviously he was part of that trade. And I thought maybe if Drew Waters had a good spring and stayed healthy, perhaps he'd have an opportunity. And again, like we just talked about, maybe he does here in a couple more weeks or a month or so, if he can stay healthy. But for me, finding a center fielder, look, with with everything going on with Ronald, I don't see him playing center field this year. I, I just don't think you can put that kind of stress on him with these oblique and abdominal in, injuries that are coming up. 
you know, as a result of him coming back from this ACL injury, I, I think I, I just don't think it's fair to him to put him back in center field to cover that much ground to play such an important position right now. So with that in mind, I think for me the biggest priority is finding a center fielder. Again, even if it's just a, a defensive first center fielder, somebody who can put the ball in play, you can bat him at the bottom of the order. I think that's their biggest priority. Again, I thought that was a priority in the offseason, and the one thing that Alex Anthopoulos didn't get done, finding a, a true center fielder to fit that position. Again, where are you going to find that right now? You know, It's not really something I've, I've looked into or researched. You got any ideas? Let me know in the comments section on YouTube. But for me, that's the biggest priority, finding a center fielder. You do that, and you move the ball back to a corner spot. Again, hopefully he gets his bad going. Again, and hopefully Acuna can come back and at least play in right field for a little while. If not, you know you can live with Ozuna out there and left, put Duvall in right, have Acuna at the DH position. I think that settles things a lot better for that outfield situation. But for me, center field, settling the outfield spots, that's the biggest key for the Braves right now. Outside of that, I think the rotation is fine. Yes, I would like to find a fifth starter. I think right now you just kind of continue to hope that one of those Young guys can figure it out and solidify that spot and hold down that spot until you get to the all-star break, and then maybe you make a move for a veteran pitcher for that fifth spot. But the top four, I mean, are solid. Max, Charlie, Kyle, and Ian, I mean, those four should be able to get you a lot of wins. I know the bullpen has had some hiccups, but they've been statistically one of the best in all of baseball this year. you got to hope that Tyler Matzik gets healthy and he comes back. Kirby Yates could get healthy and be back by the All-Star break. So I think the bullpen is fine. Maybe you make a move or two there to to kind of sure it up a little bit. But I think the pitching is fine. For me, the priorities are the outfield, and in particular center field. I think that needs to be fixed at some point and hopefully some point soon. Last question here comes from Brando. Says Spencer Strider, weapon out of the bullpen or moved into the rotation. Which do, which do you believe is the best role for him this season? And want to throw in that, and I'm glad you included that in the question. Look, coming into the season, and you can go back and listen to the podcast. I said I'd rather see Spencer Strider spend all year at AAA, continue to develop as a starter, continue to develop that third pitch, and try him out in the, you know, maybe bring him back in the bullpen later in the year, but have him ready as a starter for next year because I believe, and I still believe this, that he has the potential to be a top-of-the-rotation starter. You know, I, I compared it a little bit to Freddie Peralta and the fastball combination that he has, and he's turned himself into a top-of-the-rotation arm. I think Spencer Strider could be similar to that kind of path and become that top-of-the-rotation arm but for this season, I think you have to ride him out in the bullpen, and I think that's where he has to stay at this point. With the injuries to Luke Jackson, Tyler Matzik, you know, I think you got to keep him out there in the bullpen. But use him correctly, and this is what I talked about the other day when he came in to relieve Charlie Morton, who wasn't able to get through the fifth inning. Use him correctly. Use him in multiple inning role where he comes on in the sixth inning and pitches sixth, seventh, eighth, or you know even you bring him in in the seventh, let him get the seventh and eighth inning. I don't want to see Snicker turn him into a one-inning reliever. I think that really takes away from the value and weapon that he can be out of that bullpen. So for this season, the rest of this season, I'm on board with keeping Strider in the bullpen if he's used correctly and used as a multi-inning reliever. Long term, looking to next year, I hope they 
continue to develop him as a starter because that's where I think he has the biggest upside. Even if he's only to la- able to last five innings as a starter with the stuff that he has, we've seen his velocity tick down as he goes out for a fourth, fifth inning, even in minor league games that I went back and watched. But even if he can give you five innings with that velocity, with that stuff, get you through a lineup two, two and a half times with that stuff, I think you got to take that. Again, going back to the Freddie Peralta comparison, he doesn't always go deep in games, but a lot of times he's going to dominate a lineup for five or six innings. And if Spencer Strider can give you that and he can become that type of starter, I think you have to you have to see if that's in him and then that's what he can become. So this year, leaving the bullpen, I think he's in a great role there if used correctly. Next year, long term, I want to continue to see him developed as a starting pitcher. All right, next we'll preview the Marlins series, particularly the matchup on Friday as the Braves look to get a series win at home. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. It'll be Trevor Rogers and Ian Anderson starting on Friday night as the Braves begin a three-game series with the Miami Marlins. The Braves jumped all over Trevor Rogers down in Miami for five runs on eight hits and two walks in just four innings. However, he has been much better on the road this year, giving up a combined three runs and four starts. So don't think that's just going to happen here in Atlanta on Friday night because of what they did to him last week. He's been very good on the road this season. Ronald Acuna not going to be in the lineup 4-for-8 against Trevor Rodgers, so hate that he won't be in there. Ozzy Albies 5-for-15 against him. Travis Darno 4-for-8, and Dansby Swanson 5-for-9. So look for those guys to get going on Friday. As for Ian Anderson, took a tough loss down in Miami, was left in the game a little bit too long as Snicker was trying to save some of his bullpen arms, gave up a couple more runs there, ended up allowing four, four earned on seven hits and two walks with six strikeouts over six-plus innings. He's been kind of up and down in May. You know, one start giving up one earned run, then three earned runs, one earned run, four earned runs, but good overall, you know, the typical outing that you'll see from, from Ian Anderson and take from Ian Anderson as your third starter in the rotation. Aguilar, 5 for 14 against him. Jazz Chisholm, 5 for 13. Jesus Sanchez, 5 for 9. Watch out for him on Friday night. And Jacob Stallings, 3 for 6. Got to win this series at home. I mean, that goes without saying for the next, you know, 20 games stretch that the Braves have here. Got to start winning these series. Maybe get a sweep in there. uh, One or two sweeps in there as well to get back in this hunt in the NL East. Need to win this game on Friday night in particular. The Saturday pitching matchup is not very favorable for the Braves. You have Sandy Alcantara versus Tucker Davidson. So winning this game on Friday night, very key in order to win this series. But hopefully the Braves can get it done. Hopefully they get a sweep. But I'll take a series win at this point. Either way, I hope you have a great Memorial Day weekend. Me and Grant McCauley will do the postcast postcast after Friday's game, and then we will be off until Tuesday. So hope you all have a great long weekend. Make sure you go follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube as well, and we will talk to you next time. 
Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 